0: On this week's episode of the Cross Promo Wrestling Podcast...
1: Fallout of PCO's return.
0: (laughs) WWE Superstar leaving the company.
1: Ticket sales for two big upcoming wrestling events.
0: What Edge said when SmackDown went off the air this past Friday. Charlotte Flair lists
1: her possible WrestleMania 40 opponents.
0: Big breaking news this week coming out of AEW Wrestling.
1: And in our main event, we're going to be going over and ranking our favorite wrestling promotions.
0: All that and more, as well as the results of the week in wrestling.
1: I'm ready. Are you ready to get going, Dad?
0: As always, quoting LA Knight. Yeah, I'm ready, Chris. Our wrists are taped up. Our boots are laced up. Only two things left is to step through these ropes. And ref, ring the bell.
2: The Cross Promo Wrestling Podcast, the podcast that covers everything in the world of professional wrestling. Now, making their way to the mics, your hosts, Kevin and Chris
0: Newell. All right, folks, welcome to the Cross Promo Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin, and I'm your other host, Chris. All right, that's right. We are the Father Son tag team of podcast uh, professional wrestling podcasting. The only one in existence, I believe. Well, how in the heck are y'all after this really exciting, gripping week in professional wrestling? How have you been? Good? <laughs> Recovering from everything from like Smackdown and everything else, especially mm-hmm. Smackdown?
1: Yeah, I know you have to recover from what happened on Impact.
0: As always, I do. Between
1: this week and last week in Impact, you got to recover from that. Yeah, Just the mental shock alone.
0: Mental is the right word for it. All right, well, let's not stall any further and go ahead and get into what happened on WWE. WWE.
2: All
0: right, so kicking things off for the week of WWE, We go to the August 14th edition of Monday Night Raw Coming to us from Canada Life Center in Winnipeg, Manitoba Uh, First match of the night, it was JD McDonough Against Sami Zayn Now this was impromptu because Judgment Day was coming out Minus Finn Balor And saying that they're still strong as ever But Damian Priest kind of a bit iffy on what's going on with uh, Finn Balor
1: I guess that's just an unusual for Judge
0: I agree. Well, then out comes Sami Zayn winning a match with uh, J.D. McDonough, seeing as how what happened last week with J.D. McDonough jumping uh, Sami Zayn backstage. Match uh, lasted about 8 minutes, 30 seconds, and Sami Zayn coming away with the winner by pinfall, despite the fact Finn Balor came out to interfere in the match. So he came out To help out JD McDonough, but not Judgment Day. Well, by the end with this win, Sami Zayn's record is for the week is now 35 wins, 14 losses, and with this loss for JD McDonough, his record is now 5-8. Second match of the night, number one contender for the Intercontinental Championship, Chad Gable, alongside his pals with Alpha Academy, took on Giovanni Vinci with Imperium at ringside for him. This match lasted about five minutes and seven seconds with Chad Gable picking up the win by pinfall. Uh, with this win Chad, Chad's record is now 16-28. Giovanni's record with this loss is 5-42 with one draw. Well, immediately following that match Gunther then issued a challenge to Otis Otis gladly accepted with Chad Gable's blessing, of course, and then that led to our third match: Otis with Alpha Academy at ringside against Gunther with Imperium at ringside. So they never even took a break, just, just right into the next match. Right into the next match. Uh, match lasted five minutes and 15 seconds, with Gunther picking up the win by pinfall. And with this win, Gunther's record is now 30 and 29 with one draw. Otis's loss has now affected his record, uh, making him 12-22. Well, moving right along to the fourth match, Matt Riddle proposed to Drew McIntyre not in that way, but in a way of becoming a tag team to take on the Viking Raiders. Drew simply just said, if you don't have a partner by the time of the match, I'll be there. And sure enough, he was. And that was what led to our fourth match of the night: Matt Riddle taking on Drew uh, with Drew McIntyre taking on the Viking Raiders with Valhalla at ringside. Uh, pretty good tag team match. I mean, Matt Riddle and Drew McIntyre really working cohesively as a team. Uh, they pick up the win when McIntyre pinned Eric. Uh, match lasted seven minutes and 15 seconds. And with this match, here are the following records: Riddle, with this counting as a win, his record is now 18 and 19 with one draw. McIntyre, with this win, is now 17 and 7 with one draw. Eric's record is 7 and 26, and also with this dealing with the loss, Ivar's record is now 7 and 24. The next match. Um, it was pretty much a, kind of a revenge match for Rhea Ripley. Uh, she took on Indy Hartwell with Candice LeRae at ringside. And as always, Mommy has her dom-dom at ringside. Match lasted only three minutes. Rhea Ripley picking up the win by pinfall. But immediately after the match, both uh, Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell jumps Rhea Ripley. And it, it just seems like the women's locker room the women's division is pretty much getting fed up with rhea ripley and her attitude and how she's you know going about ruling things of the women's division well with this win rhea ripley's record is now 34 and 2 but with this loss for indy hartwell her record is now 10 and 9 next was the i want to say the second main event everyone was looking forward to for this monday night and that was of course trish tratt uh trish Stratus, that's a tongue taking on Becky Lynch uh, with Zoe Stark banned from ringside. All in all, a really good match. Uh, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it because for once there was like no interference whatsoever. Uh, match lasted 8 minutes and 15 seconds, but sadly it came out to a double count out. So it came out to a draw. Uh, Wait, medi- wasn't,
1: wasn't zoe stark in the audience kind of
0: when the fight had progressed to the concession area of the arena uh, zoe stark then attacked becky lynch but again the match was technically she was not a ring technically te- technically she wasn't but she still got involved uh well with this draw Trish Stratus's record for the year is three and three with one draw, and Becky Lynch's record is twenty-three and twelve with one draw. But immediately following after, uh, I forget the guy's name. Uh, Adam Pearce. There, just hit me again, that quickly. Adam Pearce quick, quickly then confronts Zoe Stark and Trish Stratus, and saying, "Every single time I give the give the uh, the WWE universe what they want, and that's a good down the middle." Legitimate match between you and Becky. Here comes Zoe. And then Zoe Stark tried to chime in.
1: And and he was mad.
0: I've never seen Adam Pearce this mad. He immediately tells Zoe to shut up. And then said, I believe it was for next week. Next Monday. Trish Stratus, Becky Lynch in a cage match. So there's no outside interference there's no double hound out, no nothing. It gets settled. This feud will finally end, hopefully, on, I believe, this coming Monday. Uh, then the main event of the night. We had Cody Rhodes taking on the leader of the Judgment Day, Finn Balor, after uh, backstage disputes between uh, Finn Balor and the Judgment Day. Damian Priest took notice of the fact that Finn didn't come out with them at the begin- at the top of the show, But when it came to his friend J.D. and student, because J.D. McDonough did train, uh, was trained by Finn Balor. Uh, Finn Finn Balor comes out to help out J.D. McDonough, but didn't come out with him at the top of the show. So Damian was ticked off about that. And as always, Rhea Ripley trying to keep the peace between the, the two. Well, it led to Cody Rhodes having a main event match with Finn Balor. Match lasted 11 minutes and 37 seconds, with Cody picking up the win by pinfall. The way this went down was just all out crazy, but it showed that the Judgment Day still established their dominance within Monday Night Raw. At first, it seemed like it was slipping because Damien slid the briefcase to Finn. As this happened, it went between Finn Balor's legs, and Cody had the briefcase and used the briefcase on. Both Finn
1: and uh, Damien. Every time that case is is used, it, it ends up used on Finn. Yeah, it's just something weird I've noticed.
0: But then a turn of turn of a uh, turn of events happened when everyone's st- after the match after Cody won, everyone started jumping Cody. And then comes Sami Zayn to help Cody, but then immediately JD McDonough comes out to jump Sami Zayn. Now, while Damien is about to get hit with a chair, JD McDonough saves Damien to kind of show face saying, hey, I'm here to, you know, I'm here for you guys. You know, I'm here to make sure the Judgment Day thrives. So, JD McDonough, possibly a new member.
1: Or maybe he's just doing it on uh, Finn Balor's part. Maybe just to, yeah. Because they're, you know, they're they're all friends now or something, you know? Well, we'll see.
0: We'll see this coming Monday Night Raw. Well, with this win, Cody Rhodes' record is now 57-3. He has got the most wins so far in WWE. Finn Balor's loss, however, has got him to 11 wins, 43 losses. Uh, Moving right along to NXT, as of always, taking place at the WWE Performance Center in Orlando, Florida. Kick things off immediately with the D'Angelo family defending their NXT Tag Team titles against the Dyad with Schism at ringside. And when I mean Schism, I don't mean just Ava and Joe Gacy. I mean all the followers of Schism with the masks and everything. All Out, good back and forth match. Match, The match lasted uh, 13 minutes and 24 seconds. Now... Here's where it got, got interesting. During the match, Ivy Nile just comes out and just starts distracting the followers, Ava and Joe Gacy. Now, as this happened, two masked men in the same outfits as the followers of, the, of, of Schism.
1: The two guys from last time came
0: back. Exactly. They came back and jumped the dyad. This helped the D'Angelo family pick up the win and retain their titles with Tony pinning uh, Fowler. Well, with this win, this makes Tony's record 11 and 5. Stacks, his record is 18 and 8. With this loss, Rips' record is 6 and 14. Jagger's is 6 and 13. Next matchup is kind of a kind of a recall match in the story of Dana Brooke and Kalani Jordan, where Dana Brooke is now taking on Blair Davenport with Kalani Jordan at ringside match lasted three minutes and 39 seconds with Blair Davenport picking up the win by pinfall. This leaves Dana's record seven and 13 and Blair Davenport's nine and one with one draw. So her record is nine one one. Immediately after the match, I noticed something about Blair Davenport, not Blair Davenport, I'm sorry, Dana Brooke. On The look on her face, K- uh, Kalani came in and put her hand on her shoulder and Dana Brooke just looked at her in such disgust. I, I, I'm feeling that Dana's going to turn on Kalani here. Because Kalani failed to win a match. And Kalani's supposed to be Dana's protege. And this is reflecting bad on, on Dana Brooke. Like, you can't win matches in the main roster. So you got knocked to NXT. And now you can't win matches in NXT. But you're taking on a protege, and your protege is not winning matches. So what does this say about you, Dana? That's what's going on in her head right now, I think. And I I really think she's going to turn on Kalani, and we're going to have a a pretty big feud right there. Uh, Next up, we had Drew Gulak with Charlie Dempsey at ringside taking on Trick Williams. Of course, Trick Williams wanted to come out on his own. And uh, came out by himself with no Carmelo Hayes at ringside because he, with him and Carmelo being close friends, he basically last week told him, "Hey, I want to go out on my own here." But I mean, we're still going to be friends. But I want to make a name for myself on my own, not under you know your umbrella. I want to make it under my own. So, uh, so he does in this match, which lasted three minutes and fifty-eight seconds. Win, uh, Trick Williams wins by pinfall, and uh, this leads Drew McIntyre's record to be—I'm sorry—Drew Gulak's record to be seven and eight, and Trick Williams' record to be thirteen and fourteen. Uh, the next was the number one contender match for the NXT Championship between Wes Lee and Dijak. This match lasted 12 minutes and 13 seconds with a hard-fought match between both of these guys, especially Wesley. Lee. Uh, then came the time where Dijak looked like he was about to get the upper hand in the wrong way. All of a sudden, here out walks Eddie Thorpe and poses as a distraction to Dijak. Dijak gets in the face of Eddie Thorpe telling him, you don't need to be in here. Go back to the back. Why are you in my face? You know, Get out of here. But it's soon as that discussion ended here comes Wesley going after Dijak and then Wesley then performs this corkscrew move off of the top rope that just surprised the heck out of me. It looked like a senton mixed in with like a corkscrew. kind uh, of That match lasted 12 minutes and 13 seconds with Wesley picking up the win by pinfall and making him the number one contender. For the NXT title, uh, Wes Lee's record now uh, with this win is 24-3. Dijacks is 10-9. Next up, we have Tyler Bate taking on Joe Coffey with Gallus at ringside. Match lasted four minutes and 14 seconds, but it came to uh, it came to a draw due to disqualification because Tyler Bate got jumped by uh, Daba Keto. Yeah, that's how you pronounce it. Yeah, that's how you pronounce it. Daba Keto just came out and attacked Tyler Bate for no reason. So it wasn't necessarily a disqualification. They counted it as uh, no contest, so it came, became a draw. This makes uh, Tyler Bates' record now 18-6 with one draw, and Joe Coffey's record 10-6 and six with one draw. Uh, then the last match of the night, but I wouldn't say the main event, uh, JC Jane taking on a very different attitude via Hale. And I say that because since her loss to Tiffany Stratton, after uh, Andre Chase threw in that towel during that match, Her attitude has been completely different, and I'll be honest, I don't blame her one bit. I mean, someone quit the match for her. She didn't tap or anything like that, so I can understand her grudge against Andre Chase and possibly Chase U. Uh, Match that she had, of course, Chase U at ringside with Thea Hale. uh, Match lasted 8 minutes and 11 seconds, but with a distraction from Andre Chase for a few brief minutes... A seconds rather Jason Jane managed to get the roll up pin and had a hold of, of the uh, tights to get the win by pinfall
1: she's going to hold that against him
0: she's going to hold that against him too because I mean she's out there just trying to win and this is the second time this is something like this has happened and I'm seeing Thea Hale walking away from Chase U uh, Jason Jane's Record now with this win is seven and fifteen. Thea Hales' record with this loss is sixteen and twelve. Then I would say for the main event of that night, it was the contract signing between Carmelo Hayes and Wes Lee for the NXT Championship title match that they'd be having at Heat Wave on NXT. Uh, many words were said, but all in all basically get ready for what could be an epic match between these two and possibly more matches to come alright and to close out the week of WWE we go to the August 18th edition of Smackdown coming to us from the Scotiabank Arena in Toronto Ontario and of course they started the whole entire night off with the Grayson Waller effect dad's favorite part of the show oh is it ever of course his guest was uh, Ray M- the new United States champion Rey Mysterio with Santos Escobar with him and of course Grayson Waller's throwing it in Rey's face you know you're a hall of famer you're a legend and you're stealing the you're, you're getting a title again and you're taking it from us up and comers in the back you know kind of kind of going that route and blaming Ray about that which is ridiculous it's like, the, it's like what John Cena had told uh, I believe it was Roman Reigns with their match the only reason why I'm coming back constantly to wrestle is because you can't step up and be the guy that they need you and want you to be so I have to come in and do it for you I have to do your job for you." Which, I mean, if you look at it, it's true. Look at Grayson Waller, what has he done in SmackDown? He's only had a few matches here and there. And, I mean, (laughs) come on. Well, immediately thereafter, Austin Theory comes out and demands he wants another match with Rey Mysterio for his title, felt robbed, all this other stuff. But immediately after, Adam Pearce said, "'I've got an idea. I got an idea for a match that, you know, he was about to say that. Out comes LA Knight. Yeah. And comes up with an even better idea. Have him and Austin Theory go one-on-one and meet tonight. and And the winner is number one contender for Rey Mysterio's United States Championship. And so that led to our first match, which is... L.A. Knight versus Austin Theory for number one contender. Did, didn't
1: The Miz come out at some point during that one?
0: Right after the bell rang, out comes The Miz. Because, of course, he's got something going on with LA, against L.A. Knight. And I guess he wanted to invade SmackDown and be a part of that show. So, match lasted 10 minutes and 14 seconds with a good hard-fought match by both Austin Theory and L.A. Knight. But it was Austin Theory that came away with the win thanks to to the distraction by The Miz. Uh, Austin Theory picks up the win by pinfall by, of course, doing the classic roll-up and hanging on to the tights, similar to what J.C. Jane did on NXT. Uh, With this this win, Austin Theory's record is now 44-18 with one draw. Meanwhile, LA Knight's loss has now got his record to 12-36 do believe this story with him with LA Knight and The Miz is going to continue on Raw, so I'm kind of hoping LA Knight shows up on Raw and just.
1: I wonder how we're gonna. To... And here's the thing, right? Because we like both of those guys, right? Yeah, I like both of them. Are we gonna to... Are we gonna end up picking sides when that escalates, or how is that supposed to work?
0: I don't know. I don't know. It's going to be tough to pick, but it'll be one heck of a match. Uh, next match of the night, we had Bianca Belair teaming up against Charlotte Flair to take on damage control with Dakota Kai at ringside. Uh, match lasted 13 minutes and 50 seconds. Uh, Bianca Belair and Charlotte Flair actually showing more cohesiveness than the last time they teamed together. Uh, they showed that they were working more th- as a team than, than last time. Uh, and that's what got them to the win uh the match lasted 13 minutes 50 seconds with Bianca picking up the pin on Bailey This leaves with their records Bianca Belair's record being 51 and, ch- and 5 with two draws Charlotte Flair's record is 28 and 8 with two draws with the loss Bailey's record is now 5 and 45 with two draws the undisputed women's champion WWE Women's Champion, EO Sky's record is now 8-39 with two draws. Immediately after Bianca was it was interviewed backstage, and all of a sudden Damage Control jumps her from behind and starts going after that injured knee. So, I don't know what's going to happen, but I was expecting Shotzi to come out at least and help out and make it a three, six-woman tag match next week, but I don't know. I would like to see Shotzi again.
1: Maybe they're building to something. For you remember the War game stuff they did last year? Right? Yeah, but
0: Survivor Series is like still months away. Perfect. But it would be interesting to see that again. I love the concept of that. Again. Uh, next match, we had the Street Profits taking on the OC with Me Chin at ringside match lasted 3 minutes and 11 seconds, showing a lot of aggressiveness coming from the Street Profits this time. And I gotta say, I still like it. I still like the Street Profits. Before they met up with Bobby Lashley and now after. And so does the audience in Toronto that, uh, on Friday night, agrees, would probably agree with me because they were cheering for the Street Profits. I didn't hear any booing. So... Maybe everyone's agreeing this is the the way, the way that the Street prophets should have gone in the first place. Uh, street Profits pick up the win with Montez Ford picking, uh, pinning Carl Anderson. Immediately after the match, Bobby Lashley comes out to the stage where the Street Profits are to share the celebration. And of course the audience cheer for Bobby Lashley
1: have to see where this alliance goes i want to see
0: i want to know what i mean we're coming up with concepts here i mean do we got the hurt profits do we got you know, you know
1: are they gonna Something. Have, are going to the have, street business i mean or are they just going to bring back just the hurt business but it's on two different brands?
0: hurt business 2.0 i don't know they're all on no, no they're all on smackdown
1: all everyone
0: yeah bobby lashley and um is not mvp
1: and omas uh free agents
0: yeah they're free agents but they're not a part of bobby lashley's thing but they might we don't know we don't know what bobby's that stuff. we don't know bobby's lashley's full plan he may with you know with omas and uh, uh mvp being free agents and of course Bobby Lashley's still possibly still talking to Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin who are on or uh, I believe they're also free agents. Who's to say? They all join up on SmackDown or they spread out? And kind of like
1: what the Judgment Day is. To well, we're
0: we'll, we'll yeah. trying to do, but we may be looking at the Judgment Day versus the Hurt Business right. is what I'm saying. Uh, with the with the win, Montez Ford's record is now 16 and 19. Angelo Dawkins' record is 15 and 18. Carl Anderson's record with this loss is 16-13 with two draws. And Luke Gallo's record is 14-12 with two draws. Now we move on to the main event of the evening of SmackDown, and of course, it's Edge versus Sheamus. And of course the whole night we were celebrating 25 years of Edge being within the uh, wrestling career and with WWE. Match lasted an an exciting 19 minutes and 22 seconds. Nothing dirty or underhanded was done in throughout this whole match. Sheamus had the rest of the brawling brutes backstage. No one came and interfered no one was half tempted to use any weaponry. I mean all in all it was a it was a real legitimate straight wrestling match and it was something that I enjoyed. Uh, Edge picks up the win after 19 minutes and 22 seconds making his record for the year 4 and 3 and Sheamus' record 17 and 29 with one draw. Uh there's going to be more on this match later on in the show, uh, this in this week's episode. Uh, but for right now, let's go on and head to w, uh, AEW, because Chris has got the results. You thought said WWE. I was about to say it, yeah.
1: So uh, here's Chris with the AEW results.
2: AEW. For,
1: August, for the August 16th edition of AEW Dynamite coming to us from the Bridgestone Arena in Nashville, Tennessee, you, they started off with Orange Cassidy versus Wheeler Yuda for the Intercontinental and Intercontinental uh, International yeah, international. It, yeah <laughs> misread that I guess it's a good thing I messed up on that. Yeah, that's uh, alright. International Championship uh, where Orange Cassidy retained by pinfall after 11 minutes and 49 seconds uh, with bringing his record to 36 and 4 and Wheeler Yuda after losing is at 11 and 10 then you have Orange not Orange Cassidy again, but uh, Darby Allen and Nick Wayne uh, teaming against the Gates of Agony, with Darby Allen pinning. Did you?
0: Hey, real quick, did you go over the records of
1: Orange and Wheeler? Yeah. Okay, sorry. Uh, they, let's see. Where were they I? You were
0: on the second match. Let's
1: see. Uh, Darby Allen Here. and Nick Wayne against yeah. the Gates of Agony, where Darby Allen pins Bishop Khan after six minutes and twenty-seven seconds. Resulting in his his record, Darby Allen, being 24 and six. Nick Wayne being one and two. Bishop Khan being two and five, and Toa Leona being two and five as well. Because they're a tag team.
0: So technically, Nick Wayne got his first victory in a in his AEW career by teaming with Darby Allen.
1: Yes. Interesting. Then you had the Texas Chainsaw Massacre Jeff match. I mean, death match.
0: I called it the, my name is Jeff match.
1: Yeah. I, I I think I caught that in time, right? The, <laughs> the Jeff match. Keep going. That was good. Where you had Jeff Jarrett against Jeff Hardy. And, and the funny thing is, since I found out about these two, I had been joking about them going against each other. And they ended up going against each other on AEW. Yeah, so. you,
0: you did. I remember you I, joking about imagine that. Imagine if
1: they had a, a, a Jeff match. Uh, Because you had, I think it was the, what, the Josh Brawl a while back? Yeah. It'd be kind of funny. Uh, So, Jeff Jarrett won by pinfall after 10 minutes and 4 seconds, uh, bringing his record to 10 and 11. And Jeff Hardy, after losing, is at 5 and 4. And he he, he got a belt or something after.
0: Yeah, let me talk about... Let me talk to you. Uh, It's going to be about that ending of that match. It just... What's RoboCop doing here? It gave me that vibe, exactly. (laughs) It gave me that vibe of RoboCop in that Sting match back in the uh, late 80s, early 90s. And I'm like, why is Leatherface here with the chainsaw? And at first I was thinking, oh, uh, it could be possibly Terry Funk under that mask, reincarnating his, you know, Chainsaw Charlie gimmick he had years ago, but... No, it it was a guy dressed in a Leatherface mask with a chainsaw leaving Jeff Hardy staring in the ring looking going, what is going on? And yeah, many diehard wrestling fans going, oh my God, this is Robocop all over again. And then immediately after Jeff Jarrett winning a Texas Chainsaw Massacre belt, and it was basically on the main plate, you had a face of Leatherface. I I I I I'm I'm just saying it could have been better off with all that, but I understand this. It's all because of this new video game that's coming out that's uh, about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre and everything like that, and they're just promoting a video game. Oh, that's what it was for. But I'm mm, no. no, I wasn't a big fan of this so, match. Uh, <laughs> I, I As thought- a wrestling fan, I, I wasn't.
1: I still kind of thought it was funny that you had two Jeffs going against... That, that was the main thing I was focused on. That was on your on.
0: takeaway out of all that?
1: That and that, for a, a good portion of the match, it was in the back area, which was dark. So it made it really hard to see. Oh, the
0: dumping of the blood on Karen and Jeff Jarrett.
1: Yeah, that too. It, 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 went, for...
0: it, it went from Carrie to Ch- Texas Transfer Massacre. Mm-hmm. If you understand my horror movie references. But still, uh, no, not my favorite match there.
1: Uh, then after that match, you had Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. Don't forget the DMD. Going against the Bunny with Penelope Ford at ringside for the AEW women's title qualifying match. Uh-huh. Um, that I think it was that Fatal 4-Way thing. Yeah, yeah, for
0: the Fatal 4-Way at All In in Wembley. Yeah. Cheerio, Bindu. Uh, Cheerio, right? bit Cheerio, to Spot on wrestling <laughs>
1: uh oh we're doing British stuff now uh, don't
0: worry we're not gonna react reenact gonna Monty Python that. bits
1: I mean we could try for the cult <laughs> no we'd probably get no, sued we're good um uh, Dr. Burt Baker DMD won by pinfall after 7 minutes and 31 seconds uh bringing her record to 10 and 5 with The bunnies' record being 0 and two, so looks like that could be the start of a losing streak. Well, it's already started. Either losing streak. The bunny is defeated right now. Yeah. Uh, Then you had for the main event of Dynamite the Young Bucks versus the Guns. Yes. Which was a good match. All Uh, in
0: all, through yes, I mean, of course,
1: you had the Young Bucks winning by pinfall. At when Matt Jackson pins Austin Gunn after six, six, 9 minutes and 36 seconds with Matt Jackson and with the guns being 12 and 5 and the guns being 12 and 4 so they, they're, they're only off by one point and then they're,
0: I they're understand lost. the rest of uh, Bullet Club Gold came out to jump the Young Bucks but then FTR came out uh, to save them
1: that could also end up evolving into something because m- you so. remember those those twa- two Mac weeks week of the mat match.
0: Are you okay? Yeah. Are you? are <laughs> too young to be having a stroke, got buddy.
1: Uh, that mat- match of the week we had twice in a two weeks in a row, FTR and uh, Bullet Club. There you go. You get it. You did, did it. it. Uh, <laughs> two weeks in a row. Uh, those oh, two man. so we could be seeing more of that
0: uh, oh, yeah. at some point in the future that that feud is still going and I thought the whole thing with Bullet Club Gold and uh, FTR was put to rest but uh, I
1: was wrong oh and something I forgot to mention with that Orange Cassidy match you had uh, the Lucha Brothers uh, and the Best Friends come out so they also look like they're going to be having problems with uh, this fe- th-
0: that feud is still continuing yeah. But you also got the best friends still feuding with, uh, uh the both. the
1: Blackpool Combat club both still both ha- came out against the. Blackpool Are we going to have a tri-
0: then we might be having a triple threat tag match in the future, or possibly at All
1: In. Again, they got to find teammates for the Blackpool. They're down a few members, right? They they only I got would, three guys and. I and, would oh, think so. Yeah. So they might have to find some people to help out there. Yeah. But. Well, they might team with Don Callis's guys, maybe not. Uh, then, for after that, you had AEW Rampage on August 18th at the same place, Bridgestone Arena in Nashville, Tennessee. Starting off with Commander against Ray Phoenix with Alex Abarhantza as the mm-hmm. Uh where Ray Phoenix won by pinfall after 12 minutes and 50, 57 seconds, with Command bringing Ray Phoenix's record to 10 and 9 and Commander's record. To one and ten, mm. so that's that's not looking too good for Commander. No, at least not on the AEW side of things. I think he has a different record. He than has a Ring different record
0: on Ring of Honor, yeah.
1: Yeah, uh, then you had Aussie Open uh, against Oi Oi. Yeah, or I thought well, it was. Aussie, I'm going to do Aussie, that Aussie.
0: now. Anytime now, it's going to be. Or was that Aussie Aussie Aussie? It was Aussie Aussie, or oh. yeah, it was. It was Aussie Aussie Aussie, yeah. or Oi Oi. I don't know. Either way, go ahead. Uh, I'm having my stroke now.
1: <laughs> I guess we're just gonna be taking turns. Now. We'll, we'll take turns. Uh, a team, teaming against Ethan Page and Isaiah Cassidy, where Kyle of Aussie Open pins Isaiah Cassidy in nine minutes and 18 seconds, bringing Aussie Open's record to eight, with Kyle being 80, eight and seven, and Mark Wait, being what's his record? Eight and seven. Oh, I thought you said 88. I was about to say, golly! I was about to. But... Okay. Uh, Stroke th- moment? I, I don't know. Uh, Mark being 4-4, four and four, Ethan Page being 10-18, and 18, and Isaiah Cassidy being 9-8. and eight. Then you had John Cruz against Sammy Guevara, with Sammy Guevara winning by pinfall after w- just a minute and 35 yeah, seconds. Yeah, that was a
0: short match. That
1: made... That was,
0: yeah, really short.
1: Uh... After winning, this brings Sammy Guevara's record to 16 and 8. And John Cruz's record to 0 and 2. So he could also be looking at a defeated streak. Uh, It's already started. Like I said, same thing with the bunny. Mm. So that's, what, 2 for this week so far? So far. Then you had, for the main event, uh, Hikaru Shida and Sky Blue against the Outcast with Soraya at ringside. Mm. Uh, With Hikaru pinning root, you had the team of hikaru shida and sky blue winning when hikaru pinned uh, ruby soho after 10 minutes and 8 seconds bringing their record to hikaru and uh, sky's record to 10 and 1 with sky being 17 and 17 for the outcast you have tony storm at 17 and 8 and ruby soho being 14 and 7 then for the august 19th edition of collision at the group arena in Lexington, Kentucky. You have Dalton Castle with the boys at ringside against J White with Bullet Club Gold at ringside. Where J White of Bullet Club Gold representing Bullet Club Gold won by pinfall after 12 minutes and 6 seconds, bringing his record to 9 and 3 with Dalton Castle's record being 2 and 2. Then you had Bullet Club Gold with Jay White at ringside team against the Iron Savages and Jack Jameson with Juice Robinson pinning Jamison after 9 minutes and 31 seconds uh, this brings their records to Juice Robinson being 9 and 3 Austin and Colton Gunn being 13 and 4 mm. uh, James, Jameson being 0 and 1 Boulder being 3 and 2 and Bronson being 3 and 3 then you had Derek Neal at teaming, er, not teaming, but going against Big Bill with Ricky Starks at side. where Big Bill won by pinfall after a minute and seven seconds. So that's shorter than the one minute thirty-five from earlier. With this brings his record to eleven and sixteen, and Derek's record to zero and one. I think after that match,
0: Ricky Starks then was attacking Derek and was whipping him with the same exact belt he was whipping. Uh, uh, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat with so mm-hmm. Ricky Starks is for, went full heel it's
1: what it seems like mm. uh, they might end up starting that, right? that rivalry back up with CM Punk well I don't know um, I, I've got more on, on CM Punk after you get done reading the results of Collision right. uh, Willow Nightingale Gale against Diamante with Willow 9 Gale winning by pinfall after 11 minutes and 2 seconds uh, bringing her record to 14 and 9, and Diamante's record at 4 and 6. Kevin Koo, I think. Is that how you pronounce that? Yeah. Uh, against Powerhouse Hobbs, uh, lasting a minute and 58 seconds, with Powerhouse Hobbs winning by pinfall. Kevin being 0 and 1. And I am. What? I am. <laughs> no different, Kevin. Okay. Uh, and powerhouse Hobbs being 24 and 6. Then you had for the main event Darby Allen against Christian Cage with Luchasaurus at ringside. Oh, of course. I guess since he thinks he's the champion, you know. Yeah. This this
0: match, I'll tell you right now. This match that you're about to read, and the Edge and Sheamus match are right up there for match of the week. Uh, match of the week, and oddly enough, it is, involves the legendary Attitude Era tag team. Of Edge and Christian. That's kind of funny how that kind of coincides with one another.
1: Christian Cage is the same Christian? Yeah,
0: Christian Cage is the same Christian. Huh. Oh, that's right. You haven't. Seen, you got to remember that's back when they had long hair. That's why they look different. Exactly. Uh, uh, but
1: sorry, go ahead. About the main event. there. Uh, Darby Allen won by pinfall after twenty minutes and thirty-four seconds. Bringing his record to 25 and six, and Christian Cage's record being one and three. That closes out for AEW. Now I remember during AEW, um,
0: <clears throat> Samoa Joe was going to have a match with a uh, wrestler by the name of the Golden Vampire. Which, when you say that, at first you automatically think of those Twilight vampires. But no, right before the match starts. Joe gets jumped by the golden vampire but then starts doing some similar moves that we are all too familiar with and all of a sudden Samoa Joe is laid out with a GTS mask comes off it's CM Punk CM Punk then immediately he has a rifle with with, uh, Samoa Samoa Joe Joe, because immediately he grabs the mic and said challenge accepted Expletive! I can't say it on the show, but he said challenge accepted. So at All In, we're gonna have Samoa Joe take on CM Punk at All In at Wembley.
1: I heard that. <laughs> I hoped you did. But the audience probably heard it too. Well, yeah. ASMR
0: like, but um, but yeah, that, I thought that was pretty interesting. So, yeah, CM Punk more concerned about Samoa Joe because the past couple of weeks Samoa Joe has been trying to get this match and challenging and saying, you know, the last match we just did on Collision, the last time, I don't want our feud or our story to end on just a roll-up, a weak, pathetic roll-up. This is coming from Samoa Joe. He says, I want this to be a straightforward, legitimate match to where we get a definitive, non-roll-up pin. You know, it needs to be a legitimate pin. You're going to need to knock me out. And just this past Saturday, look what CM Punk did. I guess he wanted to make a point. He did. And that, you know, you mess with the bull, you get the horns kind of thing. But, yeah. Well, with that moving right along, we'll go into what happened this week on Ring of Honor.
2: Ring of Honor.
0: So with the August 17th edition of Ring of Honor coming to us from the Greensboro Coliseum in Greensboro, North Carolina, we had Gravity take on Gringo Loco one-on-one in a match that lasted 10 minutes and 14 seconds with Gravity picking up a win, a win by pinfall. This has Gravity's record at 4-2, whereas Gringo Loco's is 1-6. and six. In the next match, we had a pure rules match between Josh Woods and Celias Young. match lasted 6 minutes and 53 seconds with Josh Woods picking up the win by pinfall, making his record 4-6 and, and Celias Young's record 1-3. and three. Uh, Next match, we have the Ring of Honor Women's World Champion, Athena, taking on Brittany J in a Women's World Title Proving Ground match. Match lasted 1 minute 51 seconds. Not very long for the champ to make short work of her opponent. Athena wins by pinfall, making her record 24-0, still undefeated. Meanwhile, Brittany, I believe with Brittany J, with her debut in Ring of Honor, her record is now 0-1, not a good start for Brittany J. Well, still steamed about what had happened probably to him, or right before actually, cause this was before collision. Samoa Joe teams up with Stokely Hathaway to take on the boys, Brandon and Brent. Match lasted three minutes and 32 seconds, which I was surprised that the boys lasted that long, especially with Samoa Joe in the ring. But Samoa Joe and Stokely pick up the win with Samoa Joe choking out Brandon. This makes Samoa Joe's Ring of Honor record undefeated, 10-0. Stokely's making, I guess, his first in-ring debut at Ring of Honor, making his record 1-0. Not good for the boys, however. Their records, uh, not very good. Brandon's, it, he is 2-9, whereas Brent is 2-8. Next, we had Gates of Agony. They're doing a number on both Ring of Honor and... Uh, A.E.W., Gates of Agony, Agony with Prince Nana, taking on Christopher Daniels and Matt Seidel. In a 10-minute, 11-second match, Khan picks up the win for his team by pinning Christopher Daniels. With this win, Gates of Agony, both Bishop and Toa, are 17-0. Meanwhile, Christopher Daniels' record is now 5-12, whereas Matt's is 4-6. Next match of the night, we had Madison Rain versus Danny Moe. In a three minute and 13 second match, Madison Rain picks up the win for her by pinfall, making her record two and three, whereas Danny's Danny Moe's record just starting out in Ring of Honor is sadly an 0 and 1. Next up, we had a, a six man, a six man tag match between the Dark Order Taking on Corey Calhoun, Isaiah Brauner, and Lord Crew. This match lasted three minutes and 52 seconds, with uh, John Silver picking up uh, pinning uh, Isaiah. This makes Alex Reynolds' record seven and two. Evil Uno's record six and one. John Silver's seven and two as well. Uh, Corey Calhoun's record. All three members: Corey Calhoun, Isaiah Bronner, and Lord Crew, starting not so well, with their records being 0-1. Everyone making a debut so far on this on this day, not looking good for either anyone. They're coming out with lo- losses. Uh, next up, we had Cole Carter taking on Griff Garrison in a four-minute and 29-second match with. Uh, Cole Carter picking up the win by pinfall. This makes Cole Carter's record three and three. He's even things out now. Griff's record still on the losing streak, making it 0 and two. Next up, we had Billy Starks taking on Charlotte Renegade with Robin Renegade at ringside in a three minute 44 second match. Billy picks up the win by pinfall, and Billy's record is now bumped to a 2-1 record, whereas uh, Charlotte's is 1-2. Next up, we had another six-man tag match with Action Andretti, Darius Martin, and Lee Johnson taking on Lee Moriarty and the Work A lot of Lees going on. Uh, match lasted seven minutes and four seconds, with Andretti pinning Anthony uh, to pick up the win for his team. Action Andretti's record is now nine and four. Darius's is ten and nine. Johnson's is one and one. Moriarty's record is seven and three. Anthony's is one and fourteen. The same with JD Drake, one and fourteen. Uh, next, we had Lady Frost taking on Trish Adora in a 4 minute and 6 second match with Lady Frost picking up the win by pinfall uh, making her record 2 and 3 whereas Trish Adora's is now 9 and 7 so I would say that would be a pretty good upset right there if you ask me. Next up, we had Layla Hirsch taking on Rachel Ellerling in a four 4 minute 49 second match Layla Hirsch picks up the win by Submission making her record Continuing on her undefeated Streak whereas sadly The daughter of Paul Ellering Is 0-3 Next up we had Dalton Castle with the boys at ringside Taking on Peter Avalon In a 2 minute 36 second match Dalton Castle picks up the win by pinfall making his record 8 and 6 and Peters is 0 and 2. And for the main event for ring of honor we had Metalik taking on Tony Nice with Ari Devari at ringside a lot of cru- uh, what was former WWE cruiserweights right there so you got to admit it was a good match. Match lasted 7 minutes and 17 seconds with Metalik picking up the win by pinfall. And bumping his record to four and three, whereas Tony's record is three and nine. And that closes out everything with Ring of Honor. Uh, now we'll go ahead and we'll move on to.
1: Uh, we'll move on to Impact.
2: Impact.
1: Yeah. Go ahead for the August 17th edition of Impact. Coming to us from Cic- from the Cicero Stadium in Cicero, Illinois. <laughs> you gotta quit. I don't know, it's still kind of funny.
0: Let's go. my pain. What brings you happy? It's not pain. pain. Just read. You're just it. acting. It's not, not acting. Read, boy. Uh,
1: for the first match opening, you can still hear the laughter. It's funny. <laughs> I bet you can. You have Diana Perrazzo against Killian King with Taylor Wilde at ringside for the first match, uh, with Diana Perrazzo winning by submission after eight minutes and 30 seconds, bringing her record to 17 and five, and Killian King after losing is seven and seven. Then you had Killer Kelly with Masha Slamovich at ringside against Jessica with Courtney Rush at ringside against Savannah Evans with Giselle Shaw at ringside, so a triple threat. Where you had Killer Kelly winning by pinning Jessica after 3 minutes and 51 seconds. This brings Killer Kelly's record to 8 and 7, Jessica's to 4 and 7, and Savannah Evans' record to 1 and 10. So, not looking so good for Savannah Evans. Nope. Then you had Kevin Knight. No, not me. No, no. It was
0: like it's like a weird mix. It was like I had created a wrestler and put my name in it and said I'm the offspring of L.A. Knight or something.
1: No. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for a second I was. I, that's why I looked at you. Are you. Is he gonna say yeah or nope? Not this one. He hasn't earned it. Uh, he went against Moose. Uh, with Moose. Nope. Yeah, he definitely hasn't earned it. <laughs> All right, I know where this is gonna go. Moose won by pinfall. Yep. After 12 minutes and 40 seconds, so he lasted for the 10 minutes against B- Moose. Moose is loose! <laughs> nah, now we got one for Moose now.
0: This is great. I got little sound bits for all these guys now. I love it. I love it.
1: So let's see. LA Knight. Yeah, Kevin Knight is nope or something like that. <laughs> yeah,
0: actually, it is. <laughs> Kevin Knight,
1: Nope. Oh, I'm loving this. Keep going. <laughs> this brings Kevin Knight's record nope. to, <laughs> to three and nine. Moose's record to seven and thirteen. He went loose. Uh, the next match after that was Khan with Dieter Riggside. Come on. See, I could do this all episode. <laughs> uh, against Eric Young. Uh, in a where the match ended uh, in Eric's young favor by disqualification after Deaner hit Eric with a chair. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, ended in DQ. Which is kind of funny considering what the match after that was, so. Uh, yeah. <laughs> really funny the next match. I really, bet. really funny.
0: <laughs> Go ahead. You can do it.
1: Uh. That batch lasted four minutes and forty-seven seconds before the disqualification, with Eric Young being three and O, and Khan being four and nine. The next batch is Bully Ray Mm -hmm. against the Black Taurus. Black Taurus, yeah. (laughs) With with Bully Ray winning by pinfall.
0: This was a no DQ match too. Yeah, so, so.
1: they were like, "Well, the last one had the DQ. Let's have these guys have a no DQ match, <laughs> balance things out, I guess." Yeah. Uh, where that match—did uh, I already say how long it lasted? Nope. Bully Ray won by pinfall after eight minutes and five seconds. His rec- with his record being six and seven after winning, and Black Taurus's record being zero and twelve, so he's defeated. No, let me guess. P.C.O. came out. Yep. <laughs> yeah. He came out. Uh, Holy Ray didn't like that so much, so Obviously. he, he kind of ran. He didn't like it, but he ran. He, he's scared of P.C.O. Oh. Okay. All right. Or or was this the match where I know uh, either this week or last week he put him through a table.
0: I think it was last
1: week. Because we're recording this where... And that's that's specifics for, I guess, later. Yeah. Uh, for the main event, you had the Rascals against uh, Rick Swan, or Rich Swan, and Sammy Callahan for the Tag Team Tournament Finals with the Rascals winning. Uh, I think they were defending their titles. Uh, with I think a, so, yeah. It was a double pin
0: where... Yeah, both of the Rascals got on top of Sammy.
1: So it was a double pin. Yeah, Rascals double pin on Sammy. uh, Ended after 14 minutes and 2 seconds, bringing the Rascals record with Trey Miguel being 12 and 7, Zachary Wentz being 4 and 0, Rick Swan being 11 and 10, and Sammy Callahan being 9 and 4. That closes it out for Impact that closes it out for the
0: weekly results too so hey good there all right well um let's go ahead and get into it and go over what has happened in the week of professional wrestling news
2: it's now time for the cross promo wrestling news
0: all right well to start things off uh wanted to go ahead and uh talk about Getting my history information because that's coming up in the next segment. Is the history and the birthdays for the week. Okay, um, so uh, you want to talk about ticket sales? Let's talk about ticket sales. WrestleMania 40, their first day of ticket sales, was on Friday. Uh, Ticket sales to the Granddaddy PLE of the Year officially went on sale this past Friday, and the pre sales earlier in this week. Were very successful. As of Friday, ninety thousand tickets were sold for the two-night event, breaking the all-time gate record. Oof. That, that's but a that, big record. but keep in mind the location where they're having this event, the Lincoln Financial Field. It's only built to hold sixty thousand people.
1: Would you say it was fifty?
0: Ninety thousand. So you're gonna have I, 30, I off, the thirty thousand people extra of the tickets are probably going. You know, you're gonna have sixty thousand show up one night, and okay, so far it makes half no sense. half of the stadium attendance showing up for the next night. So far, uh, and this this uh, Lincoln Financial Field is smaller than last year's or this year's WrestleMania, uh, SoFi Stadium. So you're gonna have less amount of people in that uh, stadium. Chris, uh, what you got? News uh, story on uh, ticket sales as well.
1: Yeah, you were talking about uh, WrestleMania, right? Mm-hmm.
0: This is for All In. Oh, I see. We're gonna have an AEW versus WWE thing
1: here going on. Okay, I see. It's what it looks like. Uh, that's what it looks like. Uh, I Don't know for sure if that is what it is, but. Are you having another stroke? No, just a brain fart. Ma- make it sure. Oh, oh, now it's a brain fart. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. The all the AEW All In events ticket sales as of this week have reached over 80,000 distributed. Currently, the show has 80,056 tickets out, and it's inching very, very close to WrestleMania 32's attendance of 81,000. Yeah. Okay. As of right now, Wembley Stadium it, where the event is going to be held is set up for just 84,000 and could possibly uh, be set up for more. Oh my gosh, so we're looking at like a Live
0: Aid back in, a concert back in the 80s. Live Aid it had like it was at Wembley and it was filled with people. So we're going to have like a a Live Aid kind of numbers for all in. This is going to be exciting. A lot of people. I'm looking forward to this. And that. Okay. Uh, Charlotte Flair wants WrestleMania match with a former WWE star. Let Who? me elaborate. Who, who's the person that she wants a match with? Oh, no, well, let me elaborate on this onto you with this, my son. In a recent interview with Sports Illustrated, Charlotte Flair was ta- uh, when in talks of the ticket sales of WrestleMania 40 was talking about a possible main event match she would like to be a part of. In the upcoming WrestleMania 40, when asked whom she would like to have as an opponent, Flair went on ahead and name-dropped a few people: Becky Lynch, Bianca Belair. But one that caught, that grabbed the attention across all across of uh, wrestling fans everywhere was one and none other than her four-horsewoman friend Mercedes Monet. Or as many of you have known her for years before then, Sasha Banks. I was thinking that, but wasn't sure. Yes. So. Well, she conti- she ended it by saying, "We'll see what WrestleMania 40 brings." But you know what? You know what's crazy? Think of how much better we are now that we were uh, that we were then. We've both grown so much. You can't even compare it to before. So, could we possibly see Mercedes Monet come back into the fold of WWE? We don't know.
1: And if so, would it just be for that one night? Or would they have, like, a whole rivalry and everything? I don't know, because last we heard of anything of
0: Mercedes Monet, she was recovering from an ankle injury when she lost her match against uh, Willow Nightingale for the New Japan Strong Woman title.
1: Uh... You had the your next story? Yeah, uh, uh, Lacey Evans is on leaving WWE. Ah, yes. Uh, earlier this week, now, form, now former WWE wrestler and Marine veteran Lacey Evans took her to her social media accounts. I mean, I hand got in the way I was holding it. Right. it. And changed the names and description on all accounts. The former wrestler took to Instagram and said, When the clock strikes 12, you will address me as Macy Australia. I think that's how you pronounce that. This is, yeah, Australia. Whatever. Okay, yeah. go ahead. From here on out. Uh, end quote. Despite some of the stuff we threw in there that was not part of the quote. <laughs> uh, in, in an interview with the Island News, Evans stated that she was truly grateful for her time with WWE but being away from a husband and two daughters has put a strain on it.
0: Well, that just goes to show sometimes the business, the rest of the business is not for everyone. Alright, so well, my last bit of news it's actually somewhat breaking but it is, it's gonna be getting serious here, folks. So, hang uh, on for the...
2: Breaking so,
0: news. Um, as many of you may have, may have heard or seen already, um... Cash Wheeler here recently this week was... uh, Cash Wheeler of the one half of the AEW World Tag Team Champions, FTR, was at arraignment court this week. Let me explain why. Uh, On August 18th, Cash Wheeler Wheeler appeared at his arraignment hearing for an incident that happened on the morning of July 27th. The alleged victim, who will rename nameless for the sake of our show... Uh, has already signed a written affidavit, and if we have little children there, or kids listening, an affidavit is just basically the the, per, the victim writing out exactly what had happened during the incident, kind of a report, if you will. Uh, signed a written affidavit of what happened that morning. This affidavit states that Wheeler was driving his Jeep Gladiator erratically in Orlando, Florida, honking his horn to let let him pass, while the alleged victim moved over to the side to let Wheeler pass. But as Wheeler was driving by, he was pointing a black semi-automatic handgun out of the driver's side window and giving them a strong stare. Following the incident that day, a report was made to the Orlando Police Department where Wheeler was immediately arrested and charged with aggravated assault with a firearm. Wheeler was then booked into, uh, was booked at circuit court with no criminal past. His bond was set for $2,500. At his arraignment hearing, uh, the judge has ordered that Wheeler himself must turn in any weapons that the Orlando Police Department did not confiscate, it had not confiscated yet, and have it completed within 12 hours of his release. And also to stay away from the alleged victim. Now, many people have already seen Wheeler uh, Wheeler's mugshot at the time of the incident back in July. In the mugshot, Wheeler had a visible bruise around his eye, giving suggestion that he was in a, in a fight. The uh, count that he is now facing is a third-degree felony and punishable up to five years in prison if convicted a spokesperson for aew if everyone's wondering well where does this have to go with wrestling spokesperson for aew has released the following statement quote aew has been made aware of the charge and we all we and we are closely monitoring the situation he being wheeler is fully cooperating with local authorities end quote so basically it goes down to what has been going on out there in the real world about what is everyone's favorite subject nowadays is called gun control. So, Chris has, uh, I don't know, Chris has studied that up and has looked that up and has his opinions about it. Uh, I have my opinions about gun control. It is a very serious thing, but uh, I mean, granted, we're not going to throw any politics into this show whatsoever because no. this is a family show and it's about professional wrestling. It's not about politics. It's not about politicians trying to get, you know, If there's your one
1: hard lesson we've learned over the past few years is that just throwing politics into something ruins everything associated with it.
0: And I couldn't agree with you more on that. So we're going to leave that subject there as... Has that, and if any more develops on what happens with Cash Wheeler, this could possibly affect him and uh, and uh, his tag partner uh, FTR going to all in because they are scheduled, they are on the card to take on the Young Bucks for their world tag team titles. So this may affect that. We don't know what's going to happen. All right. Moving right along. We're going to go ahead and head into what is going on. Oh, you have one more story? I forgot. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry.
1: Go ahead. Uh, it was Edge on a possible going away right. tour. Right. Tour. Right. Tour. Yeah. It was, it was, I might have pronounced that funny. I uh, after winning his match against Sheamus on SmackDown this past Friday, Edge took the mic and spoke to all in attendance at the Scottabank Arena in Toronto. Oh, this was not filmed. This is what no one saw on TV. This is good. what happened when the camera. Cuz when you were talking about it, it's like I don't
0: remember that. When well, yeah. we were going over it and everything. Well, when when the when the program went off, it was when Sheamus and Edge were shaking hands and hugging as a sense of sportsmanship, good sportsmanship. And then the cameras just went off and that was the end of the program. So, this but, is what happened off camera.
1: Yeah. Uh uh, and he said I, "I, and I quote I don't think I can make it another form, yeah, another make, forum forum to get here for another match I'm just gonna, I'm just being honest with you don't let that be don't let that be a downer cause man what an experience you all gave me I will never forget it and when I'm 84 and don't remember much I'm you're say it. you sure? yeah You're damn sure I'm going to remember this Uh, End quote He then spoke about going home And talking with his family About possibly retiring
0: So yeah uh, I saw the video uh, Now that you mentioned it He was basically talking about The word retire Did not come out of his mouth At all He didn't say he was retiring He just said this was the last time He was going to be wrestling in front of a Toronto crowd So this could be, you know, his retirement tour where he's gonna be doing a few matches here and there. And he may have his final one at WrestleMania. I don't know, to end it, you know, to end that would be the best way to do it. But again, the main reason why he came back was to end his wrestling career on his terms. That was the key thing. He wants to end his wrestling career the way he wants to not with what was given to him so many years ago with a broken neck and them saying you can't wrestle anymore because of this injury much similar to brian danielson saraya and Big E. yeah uh, he didn't want to go and end his career like that so who and he's saying he's going to just talk with it talk it over with his wife beth phoenix and his two daughters and go from there so I say go you know if this is the end all be all I would not have to say thank you to Edge because I watched his career from the attitude when he started in the attitude era all the way up to now and it's been one heck of a ride for him and I know he's enjoyed it because he started out like how most wrestlers should start out and that's being a fan of the business and he was he was there in the audience at WrestleMania 6 when Hulk Hogan took on Ultimate Warrior uh, champion versus champion match. He was there in the audience because it was in uh, Toronto in the Sky Dome, I believe. And uh, he was there in the audience watching that match, watching history go down. And then he decided to become a professional wrestler. I think the best wrestlers are ones that are fans That know what fans think Alright Now 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 we're we're done (laughs) We'll go on to history now This week in wrestling History Okay so I got a lot for you here For those that are not familiar With your wrestling history Or still new to being A professional wrestling fan We'll give you a little history lesson Alright, so in August 13th of 1994, the very first ECW Hardcore Haven event took place from the ECW arena in Philadelphia. Terry Funk and Cactus Jack fought to a no contest in the main event after the tag team of Public Enemy interfered. This event saw one of the most iconic moments in 90s wrestling when the audience threw dozens of folding chairs into the ring, burying public enemy at the end of the show. So when you look back on ECW and they'll show like brief little clips and everything, at one point you're seeing metal chairs just being thrown into the ring from the audience. That's the moment it's talking about right there. That was basically when you think of ECW wrestling, that's the image that is instilled. Uh, one event that happened 12 years ago, August 14th, 2011, SummerSlam 2011 saw CM Punk become the undisputed WWE champion after fe- defeating John Cena, only to be crashed cashed in on by Money in the Bank uh, winner Alberto Del Rio after Kevin Nash got a text apparently telling him to quote-unquote stick the winner. On the same day, the finals of uh, the year's G1 in New New Japan Pro Wrestling also took place that day, with Nakamura winning by defeating Tetsuya Nato. That was all within one day of that. All on the same day. Uh, August 15th, 2004. I was starting my senior year in high school, if you want to know how old I am. SummerSlam 2004 featured many classic matches, including one that stood out the most, Kane, defeating Matt Hardy to win the right to marry Lita in a death-till-death-do-us-part match. More notably, however, it was at this event that Randy Orton defeated He That Shall Not Be Named, and I'll and it's for reasons I don't want to really go into right now. Uh, to become the youngest world champion In history At the age of just 24 And you know I'll go ahead and I'll say his name. Chris
1: I had a feeling But I wasn't sure yeah.
0: But that night Randy Orton became the Youngest world champion at the age of 24 hmm. uh, Next up August 16th, 2001, WWE presented the first time ever live edition of WWE SmackDown airing on UPN. The show was notable for the debut of the SmackDown Fist Stage as I told you last week and the use of the song The Beautiful People by Marilyn Manson as their show's theme song. So this came this was their first theme after I believe uh, after their original theme that had debuted in 1999. Uh, August 17th, 2008, a lot of SummerSlam stuff, okay? (laughs) August 7th, because I know everyone at home's listening going, oh my God, SummerSlam again, I'm still recovering from this year's SummerSlam. Well, on August 17th, 2008, SummerSlam aired and we saw the very first pay-per-view of the quote-unquote PG era. Uh, The Undertaker defeated Edge in a Hell in a Cell match in the main event, but more notably, John Cena suffered a herniated disc in a match with Batista that kept him out of action until Survivor Series. Now the Hell in a Cell match between Edge and Undertaker, that was the first time we saw where someone could be slammed through the cell. Edge spears Undertaker and they go outside the cell and knocks a panel out. Uh, all right, August eighteenth, two thousand thirteen, SummerSlam again. Get used to it right now. And this one featured a pivotal moment of the modern WWE era. Daniel Bryan, also known as Bryan Danielson, faced John Cena and one in a uh, one clean in a match to claim the WWE Championship. However, right after the match, special guest referee Triple H planted uh, Brian Danielson with the pedigree and allowed Randy Orton to cash in his money in the bank contract and thus the authority made up of Randy Orton, Triple H, Stephanie McMahon, Big Show, uh, and what is now called Corporate King that faction was then born after that Uh, August 19th 2001 in the midst of the invasion angle WWE presented SummerSlam from the Compact Center in San Jose, California Uh, the card featured mainly WWE versus the Alliance matches with several title changes including one historic one The Rock defeating Booker T for the WCW Championship and Edge taking the WWE Intercontinental title back to WWE from Lance Storm. Alright, so birthdays this week. On August 13th, Spike Dudley celebrating his birthday. August 14th, we've got Bob back. I didn't have have enough time to get the ages. Uh, Bob back August fourteenth. Bob Backlund, Kofi Kingston, and Johnny Gargano sharing a birthday that day. August fifteenth is Kazu Yamakaze uh, celebrating a birthday there. August sixteenth, uh, two of the uh, two of the three here that would have been celebrating birthday, but sadly they have, have left us. Fritz von Erichs, uh, a native or a a legend here in our backwoods here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area uh, he would have had a birthday on that day Dick Murdoch, legendary tag partner of uh, Dusty Rhodes uh, and of course Cedric Alexander celebrating a birthday, August 17th we were talking about her several times earlier but Soraya of the Outcast celebrating a birthday today August 18th, Dr. Tom Pritchard celebrating a birthday. August 19th, the late Tim Horner celebrating a birthday, and uh, ringside announcer, legendary ringside announcer, Lillian Garcia celebrating a birthday this week. All right, well with that, with the birth with the news, birthdays, history, all that being done and said, uh, we're going to go on and talk about match of the week. Match
2: of the week.
0: Now, as I said earlier, uh, match of the week. It was between two matches. You had the Darby Allen Christian Cage match, and of course, Edge and Sheamus match. And I would lean more right now towards saying Edge versus Sheamus would have to be match of the week for me, simply because this was a actual, just legitimate wrestling match. No interference from the, no outside interference, no
1: referee was knocked out, <laughs> no weapons were used. I mean, more and more referees. Just there's got to be some kind of donate uh, to save a, res- a referee foundation. Oh, there something. needs to
0: be. There needs to be. And if we and if there isn't one, we will make up one. Um, but uh, yeah, I would say that match would have to be match of the night or match of the week, rather. Sorry. Because it 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 definitely told a story about Edge and him going for that long. I mean, the match was how long was that match again? That match was like almost 20 minutes, 19 minutes and 22 seconds. That was a pretty good match for both. And I mean, like I said, no outside interference. The the brawling brutes did not come out. No one came out to attack Edge. No one came out to attack Sheamus. They didn't even go into, they didn't even stay outside of the ring very long. They kept it inside the ring as, as they needed to with these two. Then of course the sign of respect right at the end of the match. it, It was great. I fully enjoyed it, and it was celebrating 25 years of Edge's career. I don't think there's much I can add to that. I mean, what out of the two matches, what would be yours
1: if you had to choose?
0: What was the other one again? <laughs> it was the Darby Allen versus uh, Christian Cage match.
1: I'm gonna go with the, the Edge one. Okay, yeah.
0: Both, like, and both matches were like 20 minutes
1: long, so they put up a good match there. Um, both were good, but I was I was kind of having some. We were having a few technical difficulties. With AEW. Yeah. Yeah. So, we were, but I mean, I think that's the that's one that's something that might contribute to that a little bit, but still. <laughs> both were good. Not That's trying good. to make excuses for why we chose one over the other.
0: Okay. Uh, um, so you, so you would go with the edge and Seamus match. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I love it. All right. And if you guys have been following on since we've started back in May, we've been keeping track of who these winners are. So starting next month, we'll quickly review and we'll pick a uh, match of the month. And go on from there. And when the new year comes, we'll have a uh, better system worked out on how we can uh, determine everything. But we'll still have Match of the Year. There's a lot of things we're still working out with this show. I mean, yeah, this is our first season, still kind of working things out. So I'm I'm really hoping we get things all aired out and worked on for you guys. All right. Well, that leaves nothing else but what match of the or main our main event right yeah yeah all right well let's get on to it then time for the cross promo main event all right so the main event for this week's episode uh right now we're going to talk about the current state of the wrestling promotions that we're covering right now that's wwe aew impact and ring of honor um out of the with the current state that everything is in with these promotions, which promotion, without looking at stats, without looking at numbers and everything like that, our own opinions, which in in a system of ranking, which which promotion right now would be our favorite? So we'll start. Uh, seeing as how right now we're only covering four, again that being. WWE, AEW, Impact and Ring of Honor, out of those four and we'll we'll be covering more as soon as we get up there a little bit more. I mean, we still got we still got to cover we still got to ad- acquire NWA, New
1: Japan. Uh have we ever at any point claimed that we don't have favorites among the ones we watch?
0: We haven't, but this is the first time we're going to talk about it
1: we don't have any favorites and then now we're doing like a tier list of our favorites.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, as far as currently right now, your ranking as far as right now, from what you've seen and what from what I've seen from all four so far, um, I'll have you start. Give me your number four of the wrestling promotion. That would be at number four. We're going from the see, four, four being the worst, one being the best. We're going from the bottom and going to the top.
1: Uh, Ring of Honor.
0: Ring of Honor at the bottom? Why is it at number four for you?
1: Uh, compared to the others, uh, I would say I like the other ones more. Again, they're all good promotions. You're, you're
0: being very vague with this a little bit.
1: Uh, Yeah, sorry about that. Um. They they're, they're uh, kind of like with WWE. There's a lot of history behind it. Of course. But I haven't seen a lot of the history. I I just kind of recently got into the whole thing. Yeah. Um. But that. I mean, you could probably talk more to the history thing. Okay. Uh, so. Well,
0: okay. Well, um, my number four would have to be. Well, my number four is going to be Impact. At number four and it's not because of pco it's because of pco it is not because of pco <laughs> yes, it is. no it isn't it's because i mean uh as a wrestling fan the stories aren't pulling me in the stories that they're having and it's, you know it, and again it's not pco okay it's not because of pco and the and the gore and everything like that that they had in that match and the stapling of the lips and i'm still going through therapy with that <laughs> It's not a happy time when that's brought up. I mean, if you saw our posts, I found a staple gun at work one day, and it wasn't no. Mm. But impact would, yeah, it would have to be there because it's it's Mm. um, currently as a fans from a fan standpoint, not from a promoter or anything like that. I'm not criticizing the wrestlers on there. I'm not criticizing the writing or anything. I'm just saying as a wrestling fan. I'm not getting grabbed by their stories right now. Their stories are not grabbing my attention and pulling me in. So I'd have Impact at number four.
1: Well, you see, after that one, that kind of got me thinking, because in that case, I could probably swap Ring of Honor and Impact if it wasn't for how much I mess with you on PCO. (laughs) If it wasn't for that, yeah. uh, it's like they're neck and neck, but it's that one thing. (laughs)
0: It's that one thing that is kept. so let me guess. Your number 3 is Impact? Yeah. Okay. It's
1: that one
0: thing. Go ahead. Okay, now elaborate a little more on why Impact is number 3 to you. Uh
1: I got I I remember there was uh this uh, with the other two. Um I'm going to try not to say that it's the matches or the storyline too much cuz I think that'll probably be more and more obvious as we get down our tier list thing. Okay. Um but because right now we're kind of not agreeing, but I think later on we might end up. Um, but as far as that goes, I I remember I think it was a match with uh, uh, Jonathan Gresham that I saw that was pretty good. It was a lot of what uh, grappling wrestling, right? Okay, more you're talking f- about um, actual wrestling that like I remember. shoot
0: wrestling is what I believe that's what it's called shoot wrestling.
1: Yeah, uh, and that was a good match. There's also been some funny stuff that happened, like again the the PCO thing. At some point, uh, I think it was uh, Trey Miguel. He crowned somebody during a match, and I thought that was funny.
0: Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I remember so, seeing that. Okay. So so uh,
1: that, that was something funny that we ended up talking about for a tiny bit. Yeah. Um, that'll that's pretty much it. Okay. I would say
0: number three for Chris is Impact. Okay. Uh, my number three. I would put I would put Ring of Honor at number three. Uh, simply because I mean, yeah, it's it's an offshoot of AEW, but I mean, the stories I'm kind of following a little bit more closely. Plus, of course, historically, you're looking at quite a few legends. I told you the history was. It it was. Yes, it is because if you look at CM Punk, Samoa Joe. A
1: lot of people came out of Ring of Honor. A lot of people I came out of Ring of Honor. There's been times we would watch and they'd bring up someone like uh, Seth Rollins or something like that.
0: Who, who wrestled under the name Tyler Black in Ring of Honor. You had El Generico, which is Sami Zayn. And then you had Kevin Steen, which is Kevin Owens. You had and Adam Cole. He wrestled for Ring of Honor. The Young Bucks wrestled for Ring of Honor. Cody Rhodes A wrestled of-
1: for Ring of Honor a lot of people have come out of ring of honor um and then just gone to other promotions and stuff like that so
0: and have skyrocketed too
1: again that's why i said i i know that some of the names are there but i wasn't there to see all of that at the time yeah. so yeah
0: okay so yeah my number three ring of honor what's your not and I think we're on what number two for you now. Okay. Yeah. So now you now we're getting everyone's going like, okay, which one are they going to say AEW or WWE <laughs> is their number one. <laughs> I guess. So what is your number two?
1: Uh, uh, I mean, uh, let's see.
0: This one's going to be tough now.
1: Yeah. Cause I mean, you got the main you... thing that got me into wrestling. One of the main things was that that big storyline with the bloodline. St- let's right. that back and forth right um but at the same time i have seen some really good matches out of AEW. okay over here back to back uh match of the week from ftr and uh bullet club gold right uh your
0: very first AEW match you saw though that was uh the young bucks taking on the lucha brothers in that cage yeah, match for the title and
1: that at the time i had and probably i'd say even going to now Never seen anything like that, right? So, I think. Oh yeah, you're torn. Yeah, especially now that you bring up that Lucha Bros Bros. match. Yeah, uh
0: huh. I'm
1: gonna say for number two, I'm gonna go AW.
0: Oh. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay, but it's a, it's a close. It, it's oh. really really close. Okay. So, why number two?
1: Um. Now. Or in or in this
0: case, in your case, as a wrestling fan, how is it so close? Uh,
1: with AEW, with a lot of them, uh, with both AEW and WWE, I mean, uh, you do. I think you we were watching a TikTok on this at one point, but mm-hmm. um with them again really skilled wrestling, right? Okay. Um again the FTR matches that I just talked about. Um but with WWE I kind of got more into the some of those storylines, you know. Uh and I've, and also heard about that one first. So,
0: okay. All right, so AEW is number 2 for you. I'm in the same boat with you, okay? (laughs) I'm in the same boat with you on this one, okay? My number two is going to be AEW as well, but it's so close as becoming number one. Very, very close. Dead close of being number one. And I'll explain why. AEW is giving every single wrestler from any independent circuit that's been busting their butt or, as they say, paying their dues in the business... To be somebody of themselves that they've always dreamt of. And some of them have went to WWE. But WWE is like, you're not the kind of wrestler we're looking for right now. Uh, Good luck to you and all this other stuff.
1: Uh, And Along those lines, you have the collaboration of Forbidden Door stuff that they're doing. With with
0: New Japan. Yeah. Yeah, I understand.
1: And we're not seeing much stuff like that out of WWE. No,
0: because WWE tries to be very inclusive. Like Or exclusive. Exclusive. Sorry, yeah. Exclusive. Um, and they're not trying to... But they are mentioning them in their shows, the commentating team. They'll mention New Japan every now and then. Uh, when AJ Styles took on Shinsuke Nakamura, I believe it was at WrestleMania... I um, can't remember which WrestleMania. But they mentioned that these two have fought before at, in New Japan. So... They kind of, it's not really opening the forbidden door. It's more opening the...
1: It's more like there's a crack in the, between the door. The they're door opening quite... the
0: crack in the forbidden window, as it yeah, were. Yeah, that works too, okay. Um, but AEW, yeah, from what I've seen, because I've seen it since its birth in 2018. I've watched it grow. When, before Cody Rhodes came, went back to WWE, him and the Young Bucks... And Kenny Omega were trying to get this company up and going and when it was released the information was released off of their vlog not through news chains or anything like that they announced it on their vlog their weekly vlog being the elite they released the symbol the logo of AEW and that's when I knew right then and there when I saw it they're making a new they're going to make their own wrestling promotion
1: did the the sim- the symbol look different from now or no it looks
0: the same and that's when i knew okay wwe has got some competition again and i can't wait to see this and then uh months to come they started announcing people that are signing up with w- with AEW one of them was chris jericho and it was mm-hmm. like okay you you're getting big names and now you're getting wrestlers at obviously yes no one has heard of but people have seen and heard of them in the independent circuit that means you're bringing in a whole new audience from the independence circuit people that have followed these people's careers during the independent uh, for the during throughout their careers
1: and that's also something else funny about Ooh. i just kicked the table oh <laughs> that's also something else that is kind of cool about aw they're not too worried to reference other promotions like the, the Buddy Matthews stuff.
0: They they yeah
1: they're definitely with, not afraid. The and they've also stuff.
0: they've also allowed their wrestlers to wrestle independent shows if they wanted to. Unlike WWE, where they're kind of you know yeah you're gonna wrestle for WWE and no other company you're not gonna jump and you're not gonna do independent shows and all this other stuff. Whereas AEW kind of gives their wrestlers a little bit more freedom in that. And the match qualities, yes, I love the match qualities like you were saying. the the Kenny Omega uh, John Moxley match, you had um, you had a bunch of classic matches already coming out of Aew. And and they're they're a close number one, but they're gonna have to go into the number two slot. If I'm having to pick a number two, it would be aew. And, of course, your number one would be WWE. WWE. Why is WWE number one with you?
1: That, that was the one that got me into wrestling. The, the game that we have for it, uh, the Bloodline Storyline. Bloodline story uh, <laughs> you actually
0: started watching, I
1: want to say,
0: the same year the Bloodline started to be founded, if I remember right. What do you mean? When the storyline of the Bloodline... Had been created and you got to see it like the collapse of it or the rise of it, the start and rise, the birth and rise of the bloodline. I think that's when you started watching it a little more. If not, I want to say a little after. That's when you started watching it.
1: I know there was like a last man standing match with Roman Reigns and Kevin Owens.
0: Yeah, that was during. the. Yeah, that was probably at the.
1: But back at the then, start of it, back then it was only like bits and pieces, so I really don't know back then. Yeah, a whole lot. So, hmm. what else? Um, some of the history and funny stuff that's happened with it. Oh, of course. Uh, uh even some of the older stuff you've shown me. Uh, uh Stone Cold, The Rock. Yeah, the Attitude Era. Uh. Some, again, some of the storylines. Uh, even if you weren't super into the storyline, something funny would happen in it. Uh, just the variety of some of the characters in it. Yeah. I remember at one point. Uh, this might be se- seem kind of weird because I mean it was a chicken suit guy because that was unexpected. And... Oh, uh,
0: the gobbledygooker. It was yeah. a turkey. Um. You know who was in that suit?
1: Who? Uh
0: one of eddie guerrero's older brothers uh i don't know if it was Mondo or hector guerrero i think it was hector he was in the uh he was in the Gobbledygooker suit huh uh
1: but i remember uh with that i think there was like a gimmick battle royale or something like that
0: yeah that was at wrestlemania 17
1: yeah wrestlemania 17
0: the one in houston
1: uh yeah uh so it was it was something to have fun with you know yeah, is what it looked like to me, you know? And I enjoyed some watching some of that. So, okay.
0: Well, number one, of course, is WWE for me, because, again... You like, grew up with it. I grew up with it. Now, my first memory of WWE, watching it, uh, I want to say I was probably around two, three years old, and that's when the storyline of Hulk Hogan versus Macho Man at WrestleMania Five happened. And they were... All I remember... That stood out The that uh, my first memory of it was them kind of playing back what has led to this, what has led to the match. And that was Hulk Hogan getting attacked by Macho Man backstage. And that's what stood out to me the most. Now, I've watched many careers start because I started late 80s when I started watching. So I started I saw the beginning and the end of Shawn Michaels career. I saw uh, the beginning and end of Triple H's career.
1: Well, I I wouldn't say end because now both of them are kind of like, I guess, executive positions. Well, they're execs
0: and they're in charge of things now for WWE. But I mean, as far as in-ring career, I've watched the beginning and rise of many. Uh, Like I said, Shawn Michaels, Triple H, The Undertaker, uh, Stone Cold's WWE career. (laughs) The Rock's WWE career, Uh, Kurt Angle's career, Brock Lesnar's, John Cena's, Batista's, Randy Orton. I can go on. And I've seen – it's one of those I've seen them come and go kind of things. And in those years, it's had its ups and downs. It has with gimmicks and behind-the-scenes stuff that has been kind of like – putting a black eye on the business, like the, the famous curtain call that happened in Madison square garden that kind of took away kayfabe altogether. Um, the, uh, Montreal screw job, that one, um, of course you had the whole steroid allegations Mm -hmm. in the nineties. Um, a lot of other controversial things that happened that, um, that I've witnessed and I've and it was the only one I would watch at times there will be times I'd watch WCW when it was that was in its heyday I watched the Monday night wars happen right in front of me Uh, I watched the invasion of the alliance Uh, I watched the end of the alliance I watched the beginning and end of the attitude era the beginning and end of the new generation era the Beginning and end of the ruthless aggression, the PG era, and the reality era, which we're the one we're in now. Um,
1: it's it, called it, the reality. It's era.
0: called the reality era. I guess I don't know, but the the point is, I've and many many listeners out there, they probably started with WWE two, because it was WWE that kind of brought the whole thing of bringing wrestling into the mainstream. Because thanks to like Hulk Hogan and it was the rock and wrestling thing back in the '80s. Again, a lot of a lot of history there too. Like and the
1: RoboCop thing.
0: The RoboCop thing that was WCW. Yeah. That wasn't w- WWE didn't get ridiculous with things until like the uh, mid, late '90s, where you had gimmicks that just didn't make sense. You had one that was called Booger. <laughs> um yeah, the Minotaur, a guy that came out dressed like a bull. And it's not Black and it could have been Black Taurus's dad for all we knew. The Gobbly Gooker. The Gobbly Gooker. Um What else? I, I'm I'm trying to think of other crazy gimmicks that were like, um there was one it was it was basic it was one that they they attempted some in the early two thousands. There was one that was Mordecai. That guy was basically the um, Mordecai. No, you see this guy, you would think, okay, this is the WWE's like alternate Undertaker guy. Was all dressed all in white and everything, and he he was basically like the like how Undertaker is the dark mordecai was the light and i think they were trying to get it to the point where they would pit each other against one another how, Never. Worked. how did that go it never worked it failed it didn't even last a year uh they had a in the in the height more of, people more people probably would have cheered for undertaker yeah in the height of the whole pirates of the caribbean craze they had a pirate that was looking like jack sparrow that one didn't last very long because it was the most ridiculous thing we'd ever seen. Uh you had Muhammad Hassan on there. This, I know he
1: was on one of the SmackDown vs. Raw games, but that one n- no, um Yeah, that guy
0: it was it was not a good time to release that character, especially after this was like some like four, three, four three or four years sometime after the if the 9-11 attacks and they had this guy come out
1: what was the character yeah he was
0: a muslim that was like bashing america and it was oh, like yeah, that. W- that it was it that was all bad <laughs> yeah. timing with that character Yeah. um i mean in the 90s characters we had a guy that dressed up and came out in an Eric Cartman mask from South Park. Uh, at one point, uh, uh, the insane clown posse, they were both on WW. They were both on WWE and WCW uh, programs. Uh, at one point, they just got tired of it and made their own promotion, and it's still going I remember, today.
1: Uh, we, they, you know, how, uh, we watch uh, like the compilations of just random stuff thrown together on YouTube, right? Yeah, uh, I think they were called like meme compilations. One
0: of them is the guy that was in the the barrel <laughs> in the barrel. Yeah, that the, the, was. There
1: has been some weird stuff that come out of wrestling that would show up on those from time to time.
0: Yeah, but you, you haven't lived till you saw like the '90s and some characters you had. Adam Bomb, which is a guy that looked like he just walked out of a uh, nuclear reactor. Uh, you had um, Dumpster Drozzy, a guy that was like a guy that goes around and works for the city and collects trash for He's the city. A trash man. He comes uh, out and throws, throws trash all yeah, over, he, the, all he, all over he, the ring. He did. He actually <laughs> that did. That was an
1: actual character. He had a
0: trash can, a metal trash can, and he would put it at ringside. And after he would win, sometimes he would do... He would dump trash on the loser
1: i thought that was just a it's all no. a sunny bit no but man.
0: no uh we had uh then you also had a uh, repo man the guy that would take people's stuff and he looked like a knockoff hamburglar <laughs> um mm. there were some other ones too i mean ones that just escape me that it was like why yeah one guy that dressed up like one of robin hood's merry men friar tuck he he would wrestle and um what else you had some crazy gimmicks the only crazy gimmick that survived out of the mid late 90s was doink the clown (laughs) because in the beginning his gimmick was yeah i'm a clown but i'm also scary as heck I'm 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 scary as can be, and you know, and this theme music proved it too, because it was like, and then it just went completely, like to a dark tone, and it's like, okay, this is a really, and this was during the time when I guess it, it was he was Doink was inspired by the, I think by the movie It, because everyone had spheres of clowns.
1: Why is McDonald's so popular then?
0: I don't know. Um. But, yeah, going back to our main subject is, yeah, WWE is number one because it was the, with me because it was the first thing I saw with my grandfather at a very young age. And
1: we got off subject.
0: We did. We went I almost way completely off. We, forgot
1: what we were talking about.
0: We went way off subject, but that's OK. Um, so, yeah, that's. That, w- that would be my lineup. There's WWE, AEW impact or ring of honor and then impact. And it's, and it's because of history of history of, of these promotions. I mean, T you know, impact was an uh, offshoot of TNA. That's why it's number four. TNA was basically like a place where everyone that got kicked out of WWE would go. And now AEW is somewhat of that place now where anyone that requests their release cause they weren't getting their way or, or anything of that nature. Like something they, they weren't agreeing to any, some things that WWE were doing. So they wanted to just be themselves. They wanted to have full control of their character, uh, and things like that. They left the company and would go with, with AEW. So that's my ranking list. That's Chris's ranking list. Um, that just wraps it up here this week that that you know another great show so we'll go ahead and we're gonna minute. tap out on this one alright it's another great show
1: we got so off subject really far we got off
0: subject but that's okay we'll live with that um, so we'll follow up more with what's going on with uh, Wheeler if anything does tend to happen uh, we're looking forward to the upcoming events, especially All In. That's going to be coming at the end of this month. And uh, gearing up and getting things still going. We're still on our way to enjoying uh, the road to WrestleMania. Um, Chris, how can they get a hold of us through uh, email?
1: Uh, if I remember right, it was at cross. It was crosspromopod at gmail.com, right? Okay,
0: yeah, that's right, Crosspromopod crosspromopod at gmail.com you can also uh, check us up look us up on uh tiktok instagram facebook um, and then of course we're trying to get you guys good content on youtube so as far as cross promo show goes i'm kevin i'm chris this is it for the cross promo show we We gone. gone What I'm going to give one quick confession. I, I think PCO is growing on me.